I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Horror versus Reality. This is Anna, and Morgan's with me, and we have two guests with us today, Phil and Cubby from Modern Day Escape. Welcome, hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Yo. Hello, new friends. <laughs> and all friends. <laughs> you guys want to tell us what each of you do in the band, respectively? Uh, first, Phil or me? Uh, I, I mostly sit and cry in a corner. 
Uh, I, I'm kidding. I uh, I play guitar. I, I play guitar. Yeah. Oh, I figured it was bass if you sit and cry in the corner. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, does, that does sound like Will. It sounds like what Will does. That sounds exactly like our bass player does, to be fair. Uh, there are I uh, dance around and make a fool out, fool out of myself, and I also play guitar. Guys, uh, nice. how many guitars do you all have? Collectively or just in, yeah. or just our like own? In the band. Oh, two. We're two. we're a two guitar playing band. Yeah, hey, I mean, we, the could, we could like chapel it and do three. Whoa, whoa. Where's the band? What was the band I was looking at the other day? They had four guitar players. I'm just like, how does that not get muddy on stage? You, you yeah. imagine it would for sure. Constant harmonies. Yes. Yeah, that would be hard. All right, so today's episode is on Hounds of Love from 2015 uh, versus the Morehouse Murders. So Hounds of Love came out in 2016. It stars Emma Booth, Ashley Cummings, and Stephen Curry. Um, Ashley Cummings is probably the only actress that uh, Americans would recognize offhand, um, purely because she has her own show on AMC and uh, the app Shudder, which is called Nosferatu, or N-O-S-4-A-2, and it is based off of Joe Hill's excellent novel of the same name, and that is uh, Stephen King's son, for those of you that don't know. Oh my god, I, sorry, you sent that to me and I was like, NOS, and I was like, not otherwise specified. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It's Nosferatu. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, guys, what do we all think of this movie? So, it's my new favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it does take place around Christmas. Uh, no, it's, I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, for I, I mean, I watch I watch a lot of uh, uh, criminal documentaries, and I watch a lot of. I mean, I just find serial killers and you know serial crimes interesting. So I really, really enjoyed it. It was very gripping. Um, you know, and I was literally leery at first because generally, me and me and films that are filmed outside of the U.S. I'm just like, all right, is this going to be boring? Is it going to have a slow start? Is this a slow burn? Or is this gonna is this gonna pick up? And you know, honestly, it picked up. I found it really gripping, and honestly, it was it was fantastic. Excellent. Here at Horror versus Reality, we really like foreign movies. We've done yeah. mostly foreign movies and mostly foreign crimes. So uh, you can't you can't hate on it. <laughs> yeah, I I really like this movie. I think this is like the best movie out of all the ones we've watched i think um, so too for sure Yeah, because we've watched some really shitty foreign movies <laughs> really terrible yes we have <laughs> see what i mean you see what i mean it's not it's not the fact it's not that it's just it's they they just say it's what uh sean evans refers to as a slow burn so if you like those movies that are like are that slow burn type then yeah absolutely those those movies are great and they have their merit but this one like, it picked up, and it just stayed the entire time. And I was just like, yes! <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell you, they're not, all, all the foreign ones that we've done are not all slow burn. Some of them are just, like, the quality and the budget that they have are just really shit, and the acting. 
I was just going to say that. I yeah, I think from a quality standpoint, this was this was really awesome. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, the acting's great. Um it's shot well and they're not afraid to do less is more and not be in your face with the torture porn, which is great. Yeah, yes. that's that's what I liked about it. It was like um the clues that, you know, you you were forced to use your own mind and what happened to the first victim, like with the bloody rags and stuff that were on the floor. Yeah, you know that they've killed before. You can infer yes. that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think this was uh, coming from a cinema background myself. I, I definitely think the script was really well written and it was just... I, I love Less Is More because it allows you to do so much with a smaller budget. Uh, so I, I just really appreciated those aspects of it. It was, it was really cool. Totally. And I enjoyed the, like, the slow motion, like, how, how Oh like, my god, I forgot about that. Yes. Right? That, like, they depicted Perth, like, right in, like, that 80s summer vibe. Well, technically summer for Australia, winter for anywhere north of the hemisphere. Right. And, like, I mean, north of the equator in the northern hemisphere. And, anyway, no, it was just, it was just so cool to see that depicted. And just, like, the way, like, it was just so slow. And I'm pretty sure that's what it felt to be that girl in the film is just like time literally was standing still like when am I going to get out of here or when are they going to kill me or when is the next time they're going to come in and do what they do to me yes yeah that that slow motion I was I was in love with I I was trying to pick out like what the frames per second were on that and I I don't know man it was high it was really high it was really cool it was was phenomenal honestly sorry I'm like a I'm like a like a actual uh, like a camera nerd, so yeah. If it's I go off on tangents, totally good it. camera shots. <laughs> I took multiple cinematography classes in college. I get it. Yes. All right. So <clears throat> the plot is as follows: Vicky Maloney, which is played by Ashley Cummings, who I just told you about. Um, she's a teenager, and her parents are. Uh, they're separated, probably going to get divorced, more than likely going to get divorced. Um, so she's back and forth between her mom and her dads. And um, she's also, you know, got a boyfriend. She's a 17-year-old and, like, a typical 17-year-old in the 80s, you know. When she gets in trouble, you know, she's going to sneak out, and she does. The problem is, that's when she... <laughs> the problem is... <laughs> Sorry. That's when she runs into John and Evelyn White, who they look like, you know, your average 70s, 80s couple. If I ran into them the way they look nowadays, I'd be like, oh, those are rapists. (laughs) Straight up, straight facts. He has the mustache and everything. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But back then, that was just pretty run-of-the-mill. So, you know, she's a little hesitant, but she doesn't want to walk any further, so she accepts a ride from them. Um, and, you know, it's not too long into it before you realize that, you know, they're not going to take her wherever they want her to. They take her back to her house. I mean, their house. And, um, you know, they start to, like, weirdly, like, dance around, and they give her some booze. And then at some point, she's like, all right, well, I'm, you know, I need to get home or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's never going to happen. And then, you know, she gets chained up to a bed in their spare room. And... 
As you can imagine, not good things happen to her. And during this period that she's stuck there, um, you know, you really get to see more of the inner workings of what's going on between this couple that's kidnapped her. You know, there's a definitely a power struggle. Uh, the woman, Evelyn, really just wants to be loved and the center of attention of John. But, you know, John has a wandering eye, which is why they've been kidnapping these women. And you feel like she's okay with it, the, like the murder and the rape, just because maybe she's jealous of them. And that's like part of a kick to her. And it's being subservient to him. And it's really fucked. <laughs> yeah, she had, like, dependent personality, for sure. 100%. Like, he would tell her what to think and what to say and um, how to feel. And she wouldn't fight back or, you know, say anything. She just wanted to please and do everything for him. Absolutely. In the movie, she, she said, like, uh, <clears throat> what's her name? Vicky Astor said... How long have you two been together? And she's like, we've been on and off since I was 13. And, like, to think of just, like, how long he's been programming this girl for this abuse, this poor woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. And that's exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly how it actually was between David and Catherine Burney. They met when Catherine was 12 and were off and on, um, you know, until – they got married, or they never actually got married, but she changed her name and was kind of like a common law wife. She had seven kids. Yeah, she did. With That's a her lot of first kids. husband. Yeah. So many kids. Oh my god. That's how many kids my grandma had. Oh my god. Yeah, my mom has six siblings. Wow. So I will say that the producer claims that this was not. Um, based on these murders. However, they're almost mirrored. I mean, it's it's totally based on them. Like, yeah, whether he wants to admit it or not, it greatly influenced the film. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder though what the benefit of him saying that they weren't based on it would be. Um, like, why would he deny it? That'd be interesting. It'd be more a, like more of his original idea or some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, there's some I guess. there's some stuff out there, like uh articles I was reading. I was like, no, it's just a a new um type of film and like it's no. based on different crimes and I was like, What? This is totally this crime that happened where he's from. Yeah, like yeah, it's, true. It's, it's yeah. like they took the actual crime and just changed a few things. <laughs> yeah. They even the woman even looks like she really uh, does. She Catherine. looks a lot like Catherine Burney. And the yeah. guy doesn't look quite as much like David, because David has a really huge honker. Yeah, he's just <laughs> Had. Yeah, had. He killed himself. Anyway, the- we're going to get back. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's captured, and um, after seeing some of the violence and whatnot between... Um, Evelyn and um, John and then also the day comes where you know the second that she goes out to run errands she being Evelyn John makes sure that you know he gets a piece of Vicky meaning he raped her 
Um, but they were heavily implying that that was going to happen. There's a scene earlier in the film where they were like hiding in the dark and he was whispering to her saying, you know, normally we do this together, but I want you to myself pretty much. Which is such a creepy and sleazy thing to say because it's like, oh, she's got to lay, lay there and just wait, knowing full well that he is indeed going to rape her the second that he's alone with her. That's terrifying. Like, I feel like I'd have a heart attack just waiting for that. Um, I can't imagine the terror. But anyway, so after that happens and um, Evelyn comes back and she's alone with Vicky, Vicky starts to kind of implant um, doubts into Evelyn's mind. Like, you know, he doesn't even love you. He He's just using you, you know. He only got the dog for you. As you know, oh, the dog. Yeah, he only got the <laughs> he only got the dog for you to you know like kind of replace your kids because you don't have custody of your kids because the two of you are pieces of shit. Um, and you know she talks to John about it and he's he kind of has this like almost believable moment where he's like you know I've done so much for you and it's almost like this intimate moment between them that kind of romantic in a fucked up way if you like suspend disbelief and put yourself in Evelyn's position and you know are that brainwashed and you know she acts out um and they uh they go in there and they beat the shit out of uh Vicky and Raper again uh, and you can see that the next time you see her, she's chained up, and you she's clearly her spirit's a little broken. Yeah. There's also yeah. a scene she's early totally on. Defeated. Oh yeah, there's a scene earlier on that I kind of skipped over where she almost escapes, but uh, there's a dog outside the window that she tries to push herself out of, and the dog kind of deters her, and uh, you know she ends up not making it out of there. Um, the dog was trying her best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was a good dog. Yeah. She tried. <laughs> was a she good dog. Wanted, she wanted love. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> You're good. So fast forward a little bit. Um, you learn a little bit more about, you know, how she doesn't have her children, Evelyn and all this. And then... um. John comes home and sees Lulu, the dog, has pooped on the floor. And he just goes fucking ballistic and starts kicking the dog to death. Evelyn runs at him, um, you know, and starts fighting him, being like, you know, don't fucking kill my dog. Um, and then he hits her so hard that she falls to the ground. And then you see the dog in a tarp in the back of the car and... For oh, crying. All the blood and the dog and sounds. The oh my god. The dog sounds. They, oh, it's terrible. They're real sounding. I didn't like that. Yeah, I I, I'd really be interested to see how they got those uh how they got those sounds in post. Me too. I was like, what the fuck? This is too realistic for me. And my dog was like getting upset and I was like, Turn your head. Don't look. Like, don't look. Yeah. No, I I think though that part of the movie was one of those things where you, I I enjoyed it because it took advantage of other senses other than you watching something, other than seeing, um, yeah. and 
being able to hear that, I think, was way more impactful than actually seeing it happen. Again, less yeah. is more. Yeah. Oh. The, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad high. that we didn't see more of that. That would have been way too disturbing. <laughs> For sure. But you know it would have looked, like, super cheesy. Like, it would oh, have yeah. some weird, like, like stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah, something, like, super yeah. goofy. Have uh, you guys ever seen uh, Fear with Mark Wahlberg? Nope. I have not, no. So it came out in, like, 96, I want to say, like, when he was still modeling for, like, Calvin Klein and was still Marky Mark, kind of. Was he with the Funky Bunch? <laughs> he was still with, with the Funky bunch? bunch, I think. He may have still been with the Funky Bunch. Is that before but anyway, you that guy? Sorry. <laughs> 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 you... <clears throat> I'm sorry. I couldn't stop laughing because um, my boyfriend's name is Mark, and on Hulu... His, like, individual Hulu account under the names, you know, in the setting is the Funky Bunch. Nice. And it cracks me up every time. I love it. Yes. Um, anyway, so in Fear, there's a scene, spoiler alert, uh, where you think the family dog's going through the dog door after Marky Mark has kind of attacked his girlfriend's family. And, uh, no, he beheaded the dog and just pushed the dog's head uh... through the dog. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Uh, I quit. I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's it's awful. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking of when I think of like really bad like does the dog die scenes. Yes, there is a website. I know. Does the dog die dot com, and yeah. I use it all the time. Me too. <laughs> you know. We can sit here for hours and say who's you know who's worse, the guy in the movie or Marky Mark, but the real sick people are the individuals who write movies like Marley and Me. Oh, uh, oh God. Yeller, I agree. Uh, where the red fern grows, those are the no. twisted individuals. Uh, wait, 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 wait. What was it? Uh, like a dog's journey or something like oh, that? Oh, a dog's life that made a me dog's cry. life, dude. Oh, me God. and my no, wife were purpose. like. A dog's purpose, yes. Me and my wife were literally ugly crying every time the dog died. We would ugly cry. We're like, well, why is this happening? Oh, yeah, this dog just dies his left and right. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 A dog's life. Is that the one where the dog keeps getting reincarnated? Yes. yes. dog's purpose. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm sorry, but that movie looked so that cheap to me. It was, ama- it was such a good movie. It was very well written and very well done. It was just really fucking sad. All right. And there are people who wrote to get that response. Let that sink in yeah. for a second. Yeah, they're like, you know what? Let's just kill these dogs. Repeatedly. I get, you know what? I get annoyed with films like that. I feel like they're overly maudlin on purpose. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. That shit pisses me off. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the point where young Vicky manages to escape and the film ends. So... Basically, you find out, oh, there is a scene where Evelyn makes Vicky write a letter to her family being like, I've run away, I'll be fine though. But clever, clever Vicky capitalized certain letters in the letter to spell out the address that she was at, which was very smart. Um, so, huh? Yeah, so her mom... Through that, figured out, oh, my God, this is where my daughter is. So she's 
knocking on doors around the neighborhood, just like right across the street from where her daughter is. Her daughter has a knife to her throat and a hand over her mouth and can hear her mother calling her name. And it's around this time, uh, later on, she's like, there's a face-off between the mom and John. And it's weird because you feel like more time has passed and that her mom's still not right there. But I guess it's just all slowed down like you guys are talking about. Um, But, yeah, so he's trying to strangle her because Evelyn's been begging him to kill Vicky for days now or a couple of days. And so he's trying to strangle her to death. And then Evelyn picks up a knife and stabs him. And stabs him again and again, and it's just enough time for Vicky to escape. And there's this slowed down part at the end where she's pushing past Evelyn, and Evelyn doesn't even attempt to stop her. Knife in hand, blood on her. Cause yeah, it was, it was her a really mama. cool scene. Yeah. I liked that. Every yeah. time the mom would scream her name, you could see the tears run from the killer's face. Evelyn, right? Yeah, Evelyn. And... She was just, like, conflicted. You could see the com- conflict on her face, like, sh- this is her baby. This is the mom. And I yeah. think it kind of sunk into her that it was, like, a person, a human, not a sex slave. Yeah, because she, she missed her kids. Yeah. yeah. Can we um, talk about uh, the writing genius that was the guy that he owed money to? <laughs> <laughs> because... Because that guy was literally written into the story for them to have a reason for the door to open up while her mom was yelling her name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the sole purpose of that guy's existence was that moment. Plot points. He's like, what's going on here? Huh? <laughs> what are they where's, doing? He lost the mind. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, the the other powerful scene I saw that, too, was, like, her her willingness to go out and, like, defend John almost. And just to see that 180, when, like, the neighbor gets in her grill about when um, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Vicky almost escapes. And that dude gets in her face, and she comes back with a pair of scissors. And the dude shuts the door and basically runs off. Like, like oh, just yeah. to see that 180 completely, I mean, goddamn. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, Vicky escapes out the window, the same one that she previously tried to escape out of, and the dog's not there this time, because the dog's dead. She, Rest she, in pieces. Yeah. Aww. She, aww. <laughs> she uh, stumbles out, you know, no pants on, uh, like I said, pushes past Evelyn, and you can see her mother's car, and she's screaming, And just walking down the middle, but it's a long enough road, and there's not enough cars in there that the mom looks back in the rearview mirror and sees her daughter and stops and, you know, walks all the way to her. And they hug, and (sighs) that's the end. Roll credits. (laughs) Finn. Finn. I mean, the music behind it, too. I was going to bring up soundtrack. There's Cat Stevens, Joy Division, um, Moody Blues. It's a great soundtrack. Oh, God. The Knights in White Satin part where they murder the first girl. I gotta know. Mm. She's, it's like, I love you. And then, I was really trying it. to figure out what, and, and maybe I missed it, but what 
were they doing? So after the scene where, uh, the couple, I can't remember their names. I'm really bad with names, so forgive John me. and Evelyn. John and Evelyn. So they go into the room and, you know, they do whatever they do to Vicky, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then afterwards we see him back out in the forest digging another hole. Mm-hmm. But, like, he wasn't burying anything. So, How like, was it was dog? weird. No, because wasn't it, wasn't it yeah, before the it was before. It was before, it was the, before dog. the dog. I, I think he was pre-meditated hole. Uh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about that part. Yeah, because so I was, was like, oh, kill shit, her. they killed her. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, because yeah, no, they were supposed to too. kill her earlier because mm-hmm. she was supposed to be dead by the first Monday or something. But he so was keeping her around because he was yeah. sweet on her. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice how creepy it was, too, that he was, like, visiting the other grave like it was an accomplishment? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's something that spree and serial killers do for sure. So weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. They go back to visit. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like it's a mentality of just like they're like they want to relive that high. Absolutely. Like, the way that you know, it's like the brain so fucking fucked up and wired is like they don't they don't see joy. That's why, like, even in studies, like people who are predetermined to be psychopaths don't don't love they show no affection that's why they hurt dogs and animals as young kids and then finally move on to people you know what's really interesting about this day and age i mean while we have so many fucked up things going on like mass shootings constantly when was the last time you heard about a serial killer oh there was just one in uh, florida like yeah right yeah the guy that was going around shooting people Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. It was like a son of Sam kind of murder. To be fair, Morgan and I follow serial killers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's super fair. I guess like what I'm when I'm thinking like serial killers, like I'm thinking like the people like like a John Wayne Gacy or like Jeffrey Dahmer or like like those fucking like weird like yeah, yeah people go around shooting people. There was Sorry, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. You're fine. Ben a there, minute. Sorry, go ahead, Morgan. I I think it was North Carolina, wasn't it? That guy who he killed. Ah, um, oh, fuck. This was like very recent. Either North Carolina or South Carolina. The uh, he had killed a whole bunch of people at a motorcycle um repair shop in the nineties and got away with it. He like murdered like eight people on the motorcycle. I'm probably getting the details wrong. But anyway, later on, he had a, like, shed out on his property, and he convinced this woman and her boyfriend to come, and he killed the boyfriend, kept the girl alive, and tortured and raped her for months and months. And there were other victims that were all buried on the property, and he was caught, like, I think this was two years ago. Oh, uh, Todd Christopher Colep? I'm looking him up right now. It's crazy. Yeah, I think that was like two years ago. Um, so he was killing people between 2003 and 2016. If this is the same guy. Yeah. So I guess four four years now that he was caught. Still, I mean, all right. Point proven though. I mean, serial killers are still out there. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't how how Morgan wasn't like I don't know 2006 when they caught BTK. Uh, BTK. Okay. Yeah, I think it was 2006. It wasn't too terribly long ago, point being, you know, like 15. 2005? Around there. Yeah, 2005. And, like, that was, like, one of those big, oh, you know what? Here's a 
great huge example. Two years ago, they caught the Golden State Killer. Oh, that yeah. had been the Golden State forever. Killer. Oh, right. But well, he had yeah. stopped. Yeah. Yeah, but they finally caught him. Yeah, they caught yes. him. That yeah, was like one of the think... legendary 70s serial killers. That yeah. He was never caught. And he was a cop. Yes, he was. Fuck. <laughs> I like this. Sorry, um, I just googled um, him and his face with the the COVID mask on. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking terrible. That's like me at work on a night shift. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, you have to really suit up because you work in a hospital. Yeah, I'm not wearing orange. I'm wearing blue, but it's still similar. Oh, that's good. I was hoping not wearing orange, Morgan. How did you get permission to be on this podcast? Ha ha! Got you. They say it is the new black. Sorry, I'll be here all week. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll see myself out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're diving into the real serial killers here: David, John, Bernie. And Catherine Margaret Harrison. Uh, also, her name was Bernie, and she, oh, I can't remember her other married name. I'll get to it later. It was McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then she just changed her name to Bernie because she never actually married him. But Oh, hey, Morgan. Hey. Um, unrelated, but can I tell you something really exciting while it's fresh on the brain? Ooh, do it. I know how to pronounce the name of that city now. Ooh, say it. San Isidro. <laughs> That's our next episode. Yes. Okay. Good job, though. I need to remember that. Um, so, uh, entering the life of David John Burney. He was born February 16th in 1951. He was the oldest child out of five children, and David's parents were, like, the odd couple. Um, David's father was super small, and he was physically handicapped. He had a – they called it a hunchback, and he stuttered terribly to the point where some people couldn't even talk to him because he stuttered so bad. Um, and his mother was a chain-smoking and they described her as a coarse woman because she cursed a lot. Um, she wasn't well-liked, and even the preacher didn't want to marry them at first because when they met, they were like, this is just a recipe for, like, terribleness or badness. Um, anyway, they were married. Um, John was the firstborn. The family was super dysfunctional. Um, the mother was an alcoholic, and she would also give sexual favors for taxi fares, and she would beat the children. And according to people close to the family, uh, they said she would leave the fridge door open just so the kids could feed themselves when they are like, two, three. So they could just pick out food from the fridge that had been spoiled. Um, oh, yeah, they said the house was super disgusting, and everyone thought that incest was going on in the family. And it did later come out that um, David tried to have sex with his younger brother when he couldn't have sex with someone. Ugh. He was such a sex fiend that he 
uh, reportedly needed sex like six times a day, so he like tried to rape his own brother while he was sleeping. Sexaholic incest. Yeah, then later there is another um, confirmed thing about him and his brother. But anyway, um, in the early 1960s, the family moved to the Perth area, and that's when he moved next door to Catherine. Um, Catherine Margaret Harrison was born on my birthday in 1951, May 23rd. (laughs) So no relation. There's nothing similar between us except our birthdays. Um, She was only two years old when her mom died in childbirth with her brother. And then the father just couldn't deal with the loss of her mom and his son, and then having to raise a two-year-old girl. So he sent her to live with her maternal grandmother, I believe. Um, Then it said she had an epileptic fit, but they made it seem like it was a psych thing, but epilepsy's not. So I don't know if she started to have seizures. Um, I I don't really know. Like, epileptic fit is like an old term for, like, psychosis so i don't know if it's really epilepsy or if she was like having a psychotic break um but then she moved with her and uncle and then her dad um fought for custody and he got her back when she was 10 so all throughout her childhood she was being like tossed between one family member and another so she never had real like she probably had attachment issues which makes mm. sense for her to be so dependent on David later. Mm-hmm. Um so by the age of 12 she had been um beaten by her father and everything and and that's when she met David at 12 and he was also 12. Um then they started to do petty crimes and by the time they were 14 they were in a sexual relationship and then by 1969 they were both in trouble with the law they tried to steal a safe from a drive-in movie theater like fucking hardcore like theft style (laughs) um david went to prison um, and Catherine was pregnant at this time with another guy's child, so she was just placed on parole. Um, after David got out of prison, he went back to Catherine, and they went back to stealing and breaking and entering. They had multiple breaking and entering and robbery charges. Um, then she went to jail for six months, and while she was there, a child was taken away by welfare, and... um when she was in jail, a parole officer or someone who worked at the jail convinced her that her life would be better without David. Um, and they convinced her to leave David and not speak to him. So when she was released, she got a job as a nanny and a housekeeper with the McLaughlin family, who was like a prominent family in Perth. I believe it was Perth. Um, and then she was got pregnant by Donald McLaughlin, which was one of the sons. And they were married on her 21st birthday in 1972. And they had seven kids together. Indeed, seven. So she had eight total 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then her first son, when he was an infant, he was killed by the family's car. Uh, they had put the, like, the kid's seat on the ground, and they were getting stuff out of the car, and they didn't put it in park, and it rolled over the baby, and she watched it happen. And this is why you don't put your child's car seat behind the car at any point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a PSA there, people. Don't run over your babies. Um, and don't put them on the hood either. That's that also happens. dumb. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably that baby at one point. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so... After that, she stayed with him, um, her new husband, Donald McLaughlin, for a while. I don't know the timeline, um, but sometime later, just because all the details are kind of confusing, she was in the hospital to have a hysterectomy. Finally, after eight fucking kids, she had a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I almost spit out my drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so when her husband Donald came to the hospital to see her, he found David sitting right beside her holding her hand. Um, and then shortly after that, she abandoned the family and went to live with David. Um, shortly after that, they moved into three Morehouse Street, which, um, David Bernie had become this sex fiend. Um, he, I, uh, I think I accidentally deleted one part, but before he met back up with Catherine, um, he was actually accused of attempting to rape an elderly woman um, at a boarding house where he lived because he was so tiny. He was training to be a, a horse jockey. And he lost that job because he beat the horses and would do all this fucked up stuff to the animals around there, kick dogs. He was known to be, like, really bad to animals. Um, and then his his uh, boss fired him. So then he ended up uh, working at a car place, like a um, tire. It was like a tire store or something. Um, and that's when they met after that happened. So he had already graduated to rape at this point. Um, so David Bernie wanted to have sex up to six times a day. And I don't know if this is true, but one of the reports I read that he would inject an anesthetic into his penis to extend his performance. What? Yeah. Um, they also used heroin and pills and they were drunks. Um, so, and they would smoke uh. a lot of weed. Yeah. So he would inject anesthetic into uh, his penis. I'm just thinking about, like, <laughs> hey, Cubs, when was the last time you shoved a needle in your dick? God damn it. Uh, <laughs> it's about yeah. the fifth Jacob's line. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's yeah. fucked. No, um, man. No. We don't even have dicks, but we're both in sympathy pain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Hurt, you could just say that hurts my that hurts my figurative penis. Ugh. Yes, it does. Dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm upset. Nope. I'm so sorry. I had to say it twice just so you could feel it. Look, be glad yeah, no, that you guys weren't 
the guests on our episode with the Rottenberg cannibal. <laughs> he ate a dude's penis. And Ew. the other guy tried to, like, eat it, too. Yeah, like, the guy who owned the penis ate part of the penis. Oh, oh yeah, that's a weird. That's a yeah. weird thing to do, man. You should go back and listen to it. Yeah. Take <laughs> <Nah. laughs> <laughs> hey, Keith listened to it. Hey, it's pretty great. <laughs> um, oh man, still heard weirder. I just <laughs> no this this next part is weirder. So, um, according to Catherine's nephew. He said that Jamie Bernie, who is David's youngest brother, was gifted Catherine for his 21st birthday. So while David sat in the corner and watched them having sex, he eventually said, well, she's mine anyway, and joined in and had sex with his brother and Catherine. That's some weird cuck shit right there, ma'am. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Sweet home Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There are signs in Alabama that says, just don't do it. She's your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Driving through Alabama, there are billboards uh, against incest, which... I've seen those, Morgan. Yeah, it's... It oh. says, don't think about it. She's your daughter. Just, like, look at her again. <laughs> Wait. That's yet. Oh, my and God. Yes. serious. Yeah. Morgan. I don't know when the last time you were in the ghetto of Jackson in Mississippi was, but all throughout the uh, more, um, like, rougher neighborhoods, uh-huh. there's signs that say, be a man. Don't leave your child. Oh, like oh, that's like tough. don't be a deadbeat dad. Damn. I mean, when it gets to those signs here in Utah. Is, oh, what mm-hmm. do they say? Oh, they say fatherhood is it like it's like a like don't don't shirk the greatest gift fatherhood. Like there's just like fa- and then it says go to fatherhood.org. dot And it's <laughs> like I was like, man, it it spans everywhere. And I mean, I live in Utah where they make white people. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Dude, I, in, in Chicago, we just have a lot of billboards that, you know, are promoting, uh, you know, hair loss things and how to fix hair loss. Like, we don't. Fixing the real problems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. What? Oh Yo, that's God. fucked. I have questions. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. I think my, my, favorite billboard i've ever seen it was either in alabama or mississippi is when i was driving home from virginia um it said don't meth up your life oh no it was a meth ad Those are uh, those are common in Idaho. Hell, you see that going to yeah. school. Like you just see what? some dude with busted up teeth, crack like crack bugs all scratched out on their skin. Oh yeah, man. Meth well, is, wait, just meth think is about that. Think about that state. conversation. Hey man, uh, we need you to model for this uh, <laughs> that we're doing, and you're gonna be famous. Okay. Poor crackhead. <laughs> Jesus. Christ, man. Smile real well, big I for the camera. Use, I hope they use models. I hope they weren't, like, shaming these people. That would suck. <laughs> Smile for the camera with what teeth, bro? Uh, Show me your hands. For the camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super cracked out teeth. <laughs> Yummy. Mm. Ugh. I don't know. So, back to 
our story here. Um, when David Bernie was living at Three More House Street, he started stalking another woman um, who worked at a real estate office. I saw this on a documentary. It was called Beyond the Darklands, David and Catherine Bernie. I got some of the information from this because it was people closely related to the case who testified in the case and our actual family members. Um, and this woman was a victim. Um, but she said she was working at a real estate office and when David Bernie would sit outside, um, for a couple of days, she saw the same guy. So she was like, what's he doing? So he came in one day and then tried to convince her to come with him to look at houses. She was only working the front desk and she was like, no, I'm not going with you. And she got this really weird vibe and he kept trying. He was like, telling all these lies, like, you'll get a good profit if you get me a house. Like, I just feel like you'll know what you're doing as a woman. And um, she said no. And he kept coming in, like, every day to try to convince her to come with him to look at houses. And then she eventually got her husband involved, and Bernie took off uh, out of the door and ran down the street and never returned. Um Shortly after this, by Bernie. Bernie. (laughs) Yes. So shortly after this, in 1986, um, the couple had been planning on um, graduating up and getting like a sex slave. They even put an ad in the paper um, trying to get a young girl to come live with them. Um, Yeah, it was like an ad in in the paper. I want to find it. That's so creepy. Uh, I may not be able to find it. I didn't put it in my notes. Um, so no one answered the ad. Um, and eventually they would start talking about kidnapping, abducting, and binding, and then raping uh, a woman just to keep David happy. Because Catherine just wanted David to be happy and to get off. Um, and she just be with him and do everything for him. She was like his fucking lapdog. Um, oh, I found the thing. It says the advertisement in the paper was September 1986. It says, urgent, looking for a lonely person. Prefer female, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Prefer female 18 to 24 years, share single room flat. Um, which at this time they weren't even in a single room flat. They were in a house. Um, so they um, they didn't get an ad response because clearly that's a terribly written ad trying to get a person to come live with you. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time you were on Craigslist and we're like, oh, this looks like a great opportunity? <laughs> what saying. you don't know is Morgan has had some really bad roommates. Yeah. From Craigslist. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, this is when Mary Nielsen came into the couple's life. Uh, this would be their first victim. She was 22 years old and she was a psychology student at the University of Western Australia. She came in at David Burney's work looking for tires. Um, David knew her father, who was a regular customer. Uh, so Mary was lured to three more house street in, 
an offer for a cheaper deal on tires because she was looking for tires for a car. Uh, when she arrived to the house, she was forced into the home at knife point. She was immediately tied to the bed and gagged. There she was repeatedly raped by David. The pair then drove Mary um, to a location. It was then known as the Glen Eagle State Forest Picnic Area, and it was about 30 minutes away. Um, there she was raped again, and then she was strangled with a nylon rope and then stabbed in the heart. Um, that's when they buried her in a shallow grave. Um, and then two weeks later, they met their next victim, Susanna Candy, who was 15. Uh, she was hitchhiking along the Sterling Highway in Claremont. Uh, she was super smart. Uh, she came from a well-off family. Her dad was actually wary of her getting a part-time job because she didn't really need it. But she was so hardworking and was a straight-A student and was like, no, I need to do this. And so she was actually walking back. Her dad usually picked her up from work. Um, but then this time he couldn't get her. So she was walking back um, from Claremont. And that's when the Bernies offered her a ride. And this was October 20th, 1986. That was like two weeks after the first murder. Um, Catherine pulled a knife on the girl when she got in the car. And they took her back to Three More House Street, tied her up, and then raped her. And then the Bernies forced Susanna to write letters to her parents saying that she was okay and just needed some time. Um, after three days of rape, David started getting tired of her. So he tried to strangle her, but she was able to fight him off. But then Catherine came in and held her down and they forced sleeping pills down her throat. And then David told Catherine that murdering her would prove to him of her dying, undying love. And he looked at her and said, prove you love me and gave her a nylon cord. And that's when Catherine Bernie then strangled Susanna to death. Um, and this was be, yeah, it's fucked yeah. up. And this would be, uh, Catherine's first murder. I think her only murder. Um, I think she was just, you know, watching the rest of them. Um, so then they drove her body to the Glen Eagle Forest, which is where they put the first victim. So super close to where they had put Mary. Um, and then they posted the one of Susanna's later letters uh, right when they got back. And then two weeks later, they sent off the second one to make her seem like she was alive. Um, the Candy family had reported her missing, but the letters didn't convince the police anything. And they were like, no, she's a runaway. She clearly says she's ran away. So they didn't look into it any further, unfortunately. Um, then on November 1st, 1986 is when they met, uh, no I think no Patterson, she was 31, and she was, like, really beautiful, well-off. Um, she was living with her mother. She um, had gone to college and 
she had worked as a flight attendant and everything. So it's a little bit different than the other victims who are young. Um, so she was 31. She was driving home from work when her car ran out of gas and she was stranded, but saw the familiar faces of the Bernies because David had helped her wallpaper her room in her house just a few weeks earlier. So she felt completely safe. Um, and she got in their car. That's when David pulled a knife on her, pulled it to her throat. And then they chained her to the bed, gagged her, and repeatedly raped her. Jesus. Um, but then Catherine started, it, it was sort of like how in the movie where the wife was getting jealous. So Catherine was super jealous of this woman because David actually liked her as a person, is what they said in one article. Um and he didn't want to kill her. He kept her longer. Um, I don't Much know. Like uh, our star in the movie. Yeah, I I don't know how long, but um, Catherine started getting really jealous and really upset. Uh, she was like, "You have to kill her," and he kept putting it off. And then after three days, Catherine held the knife to her throat and said, "Choose, it's her or me." Just like the movie that they didn't base it on. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, like the it, yeah. Now hearing this, yeah, dude, it's one hundred percent the movie. Yeah, and I mean, then they the hysterectomy scar alone, that one that showed it in the movie too, just like, come on. Yeah, right. And then then with the pills, they and forcing them to write the letter. Um, yes. So after. After she held the knife to her throat, David then forced sleeping pills down Noeline's throat and then strangled her as Catherine stood by and watched. Um, then they drove her body to place it right next to the others in Glen Eagle Forest. They were all found really close together. In the city. Um, and then Catherine, just to be a fucking complete cunt, was just being a little baby and threw dirt at her face while she was in her grave. Jesus. And like laughed at her. Like, that's how sadistic and jealous she was. Like, to, I don't know, throw dirt in a dead woman's face? Like, I guess that made yeah. her feel better. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, sorry, the the end part of these are really dark. We get real dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. I mean, go I was on. kind of expecting it. horror versus reality. I mean, if we yeah. if we weren't expecting <laughs> to go to a dark place, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> reality, right? Reality is always the worse horror than the horror Yeah, movie. it's truly. The real so, monsters are outside. <laughs> so, murder number four was Denise Brown. She was 21. Um, and this took place on November 4th, only three days after the last killing, um, because David was, like, bloodthirsty at this point and a sex maniac and was just – they're both depraved. And apparently at this point they were still doing heroin, too. So um, three days later they – were at a highway bus stop and saw Denise Brown was standing there. Um, they asked the 21-year-old if she wanted to get in the car, and she was saying no, but then 
I think she was drunk, maybe. Um, I think I'm pretty sure she was drunk. I'm sorry. Some of my notes get weary at the end. Um, but she, she got in the car with him. And then right after she got into the car, they put a knife to her throat. They brought her back, did the same thing, chained her to a bed, repeatedly raped her. She stayed for two days. Um, and then they forced her to call her parents to tell them that she was okay. Um, so her parents didn't even think anything of it. Um, and then Catherine started getting jealous of Miss Brown, um, Denise. So they drove her to another place called the Ganangara. <laughs> Probably Ganangara. I don't know how you say that <laughs> in Australian. Nanangara, uh, pine plantation. Um, <laughs> so it was still daylight and David raped her in the car repeatedly and kept her in the car while Catherine was in the car. They had her in the back seat. Um, and then when uh, nighttime came, Catherine got out a flashlight and shined it on them while he raped her and slit her throat with a net, uh, slit her throat with a knife while raping her. Jesus. And then she didn't die. She was making sounds like gurgling sounds from her neck wounds. Um, and then Catherine got a larger knife from the car and that's when David stabbed her in the chest. Um, they, dug a really shitty shallow grave and put her in it and they were throwing the dirt on her and then she sat up and was trying to breathe and that's when uh david hit her with a shovel but she still tried to get up and out of the grave so then he grabbed an axe out of the car and bludgeoned her to death with the axe god yeah, so that one was pretty brutal. Like she lived throughout all of that. Like she did not want to die. And I didn't know they had they had a lot of tools in their car. Unfortunately, she probably could have made it. But anyway, um David was like super bloodthirsty definitely cuz then shortly after this, so it was, okay, November 1st was their third victim. The fourth victim was November 4th. And then their fifth victim, who was the only one to escape, was November 9th. So this was all within, like, seven days, eight days. Free killer. Yeah. yeah, so they picked up Kate Moore. Um, She was 17, and she was hitchhiking along the Sterling Highway, just like um the second victim was um so they picked her up on the highway at, she was the drunk one i'm sorry the other girl was not drunk miss brown was not drunk she just wanted to ride not ride on the bus um so kate she was hitchhiking um she was very drunk and accepted the ride um she they actually drove her to her family's home and then when she tried to open the door, she realized there was no handle to the door. And so David pulled a knife on her. Um, 
it said in reports that he pulled a butcher's knife from his UGG boot. So, wearing the UGG boots. Um, well, I mean, they are Australian. Yeah, I'm just thinking of those hot pink ones, like when we were in <laughs> like high school. <laughs> mm, yes, they were so ugly. Um, <laughs> but she asked, "Are you going to rape or kill me?" And David said, "We only rape you if you're good." So, oh, she, yeah. So she said, "Okay, I guess I'm going with you." Um, but. They, she also had heard Catherine say, I've got the munchies. Have you got the munchies? And in previous murders and these kidnappings, that's what they would say to each other when they would pick up people. They would say, do you have the munchies? Because if you had the munchies, that meant that is, that's the next girl. Um, so Catherine said, I've got the munchies because she thought that's the next girl. So Catherine pretty much picked out all the victims like by saying those words I've got the munchies um and that was their code word so she said that and then um Kate later said in interviews she said you know you're gonna die but you don't acknowledge that to yourself you just live it um so whenever she was taken back to three more house she sat on the couch they made her take a shower. Uh, they, they smoked weed and they sat down and watched movies. She was forced to dance uh, to the Dire Straits song Romeo and Juliet. Um, and then they proceeded to rape or chain her to the bed and rape her. Um, and Catherine Burney sat down, watched, and took notes. Um, so during the night later, after all the rape, um, they pulled out some paper and made her write goodbye letters to all of her, uh, family members. Then they made her shower, um, and then they moved to their bedroom and she was raped again. Um, and then David handcuffed her to him like to his foot and said, take these pills so she could go to sleep. And Kate later said she hid the pills on her tongue and put them in the mattress because she said, if she said, if I went to sleep, I'd never wake up. Um, so then the morning comes, they make her call her parents and tell them that she's been super drunk and that she's okay. And then, um, Bernie or David told her that if she'd say anything, she'd be murdered like the others. Um, and then it was Monday. So David went to work. And so Kate started thinking of ways to escape, to survive. So she actually thought in advance to hide her lipstick and a piece of paper with her phone number on it. So there was proof she had been in the house. Um, so what, that was pretty smart to leave like DNA evidence. Cause they've been making her take showers and everything. Um, so she left like all of her DNA in there. Um, very smart. Yeah, very smart. And then when somebody walked on the door, Catherine had forgot to restrain Kate in the chains and she took off. 
and jumped out the bedroom window and um, ran down the road. Um, she started beating on houses, but like the first three people weren't home. So she eventually uh, went to one house and said, I've been raped. And if some woman comes in here and says that I, she's my mother and we got in a fight, it's a lie. I've been raped. Please help me. So they took her to the police station. Um, she was like half naked running down the road when, whenever she was, she was found. So it was sort of like the, the movie. Um, so then when, um, they caught up with David, he said that she had willingly gone to their house to smoke some weed and have sex with him, um, which she denied. And Catherine wouldn't say like anything. Uh, she was keeping quiet. So one of the detectives, because they were just, like, not saying anything, not letting on to they were the ones who did it. So um, one of the detectives said jokingly, it's getting dark. It's getting dark. Why don't you just show me where the bodies are so we can dig them up? And then, in this surprise, (laughs) David Bernie said, okay, there's four of them. And they're like, holy shit. And that was their... The confession. Um, so once the detectives told Catherine about it, then she like started spilling the beans and was actually like excited talking about it. They were both like really excited talking about everything after that. Um, so then that night on a Monday night, they went to these places and found um, all of the bodies um, so they were eventually charged with multiple charges of murder. Um, and then some charges for kidnapping and assaulting and raping the 17 year old girl, the one who got away, Kate. Um, so yeah, hold on. On November 12th, they charged them with four counts of murder, two counts of aggravated sexual assault, and one count of deprivation of liberty, which I guess is their, um, thing for kidnapping. Um, after they were put in prison, some people came forward uh, that worked on pipes, had said that they had found pieces of bone in uh, women's shoes and underwear. So they went to their house like around the corner and started excavating all the pipes that were just recently laid, but they never found anything there. Um, there was a few victims that came forth saying that they – had been asked if they wanted to a ride and they had turned them down. So these, it was like multiple people that actually got away from these people um, for like not getting in the car with a complete stranger. But like in the movie, you can see like the, um, the car seat in the back seat. So I guess that would give some people some sense of relief. Like, Oh, it's a couple and they have a baby, like they're harmless, but yeah, totally. Unfortunately, it wasn't like that. Um, so David was sentenced to life in prison, um, and they stamp it in Australia to be called never to be released. Um, <laughs> so, Amazing. <laughs> so they they also pled guilty um, to all their charges in February 1987. So the, the court wasn't... Um, it wasn't very long, like the trial, because they just pled guilty to everything. 
Um, and then Catherine Bernie received the same sentence, but was given a minimum term that would make her eligible for parole in 2007. Um, so when they were being led away, it's, uh, there's a video out there of David Bernie. He just like smiles so big, waves and blows everybody a kiss. And like, they're calling Catherine Bernie. They're like, you stupid slut, you goddamn slut. And like, David Bernie is like, you bastard, you bastard. And he just blowing kisses and she's spitting. Like, it's a, pretty hard-hitting video um so then when david bernie was in prison they wrote a number of letters so they kept contact in prison up until like 2000 and something right before his death uh they said that they had kept 2600 letters between both of them yeah um he said he missed her and and she always blamed herself, saying, I should have stopped her, I should have, but it all had to come to an end. Um, but yet they kept contact for a while. Then she figured, oh, hey, maybe since I have this minimum sentence I have to serve, if I, like, don't talk to him anymore, then maybe I can, um, you know, get out of here. So she stopped um, she later came out and said she was confused and distressed and she was coming down from a heroin addiction and that's why she did it. So, um, she tried to play the, I was, I was the victim here, which I'm not buying it with all the shit she's, she did and stood by and watched. So, I mean, he may have had a hold over, but there's a point where you can be a human. Um, so she ended up like cutting off ties with him. Um, so 1997, she cut off all communication with him and then David started getting really depressed and he was prescribed antidepressants. And then apparently through some type of error in 2005, his antidepressants weren't re, uh, resupplied. And he shortly killed himself after that. So he was like off his antidepressants for like a week. And he went um, and murdered himself. <laughs> he, he killed himself, sorry. Um, but while he was in prison, before he killed himself, um, and before, it was like 2005, he had raped another prisoner. So he was just raping people everywhere. Just fucking Jesus. Yeah, so he never... Maniac. Yeah, he wasn't held um, on trial for that one because he killed himself before he made it there. Um, and then the Catherine Bernie's um, is now the head of the prison library. Um, she's applied for parole multiple times. Look at her, Miss Librarian. Yeah. Yeah, right? And it's, it, she's applied for parole so many times that, uh, a victim family member, I don't remember which family member, but they came forth and were like, fuck this, because this is re-victimizing people I, here. I because, thought her last victim, Kate, 
um, more had a lot to do with it. I, I think it was Kate because I know there were family members involved too. It was probably Kate and and families of the victims um, because every time you apply for parole, especially with murder, you have to like let the victims know and they have to come to the trial. So she was applying for parole like every three years or something. So they actually changed the law to where you can only do it a certain amount of times in a certain era with all these stipulations, like how many victims it was and everything. Um, so she's still in the bandy up prison. Um, and she was actually in the news a while back because she was a go between for two other killers that were lesbians that weren't allowed to talk. So she was taking letters from one girl to the next girl. Um, but then they, they made the other girl go to another prison. They like separated them. So yeah, she's still in jail. David's dead. Um, there are some speculation that they had more victims, but it's never been proven. So, yeah. That's and a lot. <laughs> that is oh, a lot. Too. Sorry, so heavy. Um, yeah, luckily, like, Kate got away, and she actually did some good stuff for the courts in, uh, in Australia for victims. Yes. Nice. Good for her. Don't want to end it on a completely dark note. <laughs> she got away, which mm-hmm. is good. And then this guy, this producer guy, is like, no, this is not based on a true story at all. It's all in my head because I'm a genius. Sure, bro. Sure. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> They're listening, you cheapo. Yeah, you were totally inspired by this. Don't lie. Yeah, don't lie. It was your fucking hometown, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? There's no way you didn't know about this. <laughs> That'd be like me claiming claiming uh, total copyright freedom for stories that have been told in my hometown for years. Yeah, like, I wonder, I wonder yeah. if that's what it was. Like, he was just trying to figure out a way to not have to, like, pay these terrible people for their stories. So he's just like, nope, never heard of it. Well, I don't know what the laws are in Australia, but... Like, a lot of states here, you can't make money off of your uh, crimes. Yeah, they can't give you money anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the key components in that was um, John Wayne Gacy. He was making a lot of money off of um, paintings. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, what's his name? The big guy. Oh, Oh, John. Gein. Ed Gein. Oh, Ed Gein? Yeah, he was um, doing all the voiceovers. He's done, like, 2,500 voiceovers. That's Edward Kemper. Oh, Kemper. Sorry, not Gein. Kemper. My bad. Or as last podcast on the left likes to call him, Old Bumblebutt. Old Bumblebutt. (laughs) Old Bumblebutt. Yeah. Yeah, he does. My nickname in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that's my nickname right now. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Please don't kill people. (laughs) I, I won't. Are you six nine? <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> I was six nine and like three hundred pounds. Yeah, I'm four three. What? I'm kidding. I'm no. kidding. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Anna's Anna's I'm around four there. nine. Yeah, you're four nine. Oh, it's you. I'm so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you're a yeah, little I was... person. Yeah, right? Aren't you? No, I am a inch taller than the legal. Oh, did they, they, did they reduce it? Oh, okay. I thought it was 5'10". What? 5'10"? Uh-huh. I mean, 4'10". I, I was like, what? I think it's 4'8". Um, given four that eight. I hover around that, I uh, probably am the authority on this. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, in high school, I was always terrified that uh, I was gonna have to have that like on my driver's license or something. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't at peace with my height. I perpetually wore wedges to make myself look taller. Wedges are cool though. Yeah, I had some really boss Steve Madden sneakers that made me like three inches taller. Yo, I wear sweet. wedges still, so it's cool. Nice. <laughs> Do it. Rock it. Yeah. So, you guys, um, this is around the time where we usually just kind of shoot the shit about, like, uh, media we've consumed recently, um, music we're digging, if we ate some particularly good food, and uh, this is also where um, you would tell us um, I don't know. About Sa- your band. Shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Shameless self Cubs, I'll let you go first. So, for shameless self-promotion, I mean, do we want to start there or do we want to end with that? Because, I mean, I think that's, we should end there. I, I'm actually... I was like, I feel that feels a little opportunistic, like, as soon as we bring it <laughs> yeah. up. Like, really? No, yeah, I'd, um... I'd like to know uh, what things you're eating and what media you've consumed. So, uh, media I've been consuming recently, um, I am very big into D&D. I finally just caught up with the, the Critical Role podcast. Oh, so nice. finally all caught up. I'm one of, I'm one of the elite few, you might say. No, it's just, there's, there's a whole, uh, whole kind of like stigma in the Critical Role community. Like, I'll never catch up to their actual, cause they have two seasons that are now past 100 episodes each, so. Anyway, um, yeah, so caught up with that. So that's kind of been my media. Other than that, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds. Just caught up for that, too. So i got to figure out where I can find season 13 through 15 to finish the series out. Um, musically. Maybe CBS Access. I, you know, or actually, Peacock. that's a good. Is it on Peacock? Oh, no, 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 no. I would, no, because that's NBC. Oh, that's right. No, that NBC is on I think NBC has a deal with Hulu. CBS sure. and CBS and NBC have different um, streaming sites. Oh, yeah, that doesn't know. go together. That's what I say. I know Fox. I know Fox has a whole deal with Hulu. Like Fox is just like Fox partnered with Hulu so fast. Yo, I'm so uh, excited about the Animaniacs. Dude, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> is it a uh, new one? That, yeah, they it's done completely it. rebooted the Animaniacs, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh, nice. They actually do it justice, though. They didn't, like, cheap it out like uh, Teen Titans or oh, good. Uh, good. they didn't create they didn't create sin with this one. So. No, it's, <laughs> it's it's honestly my wife and I, we watched the first episode and it's fucking savage. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Excellent. Uh, my favorite thing is fingerprints. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Animaniac was actually my nickname when I was a little kid. <laughs> 
I get it, because Anna. Yeah. Maniac. <laughs> ah. There's layers to that joke. Layers. Um. Yeah. I mean, other than that, just eating, uh, eating spaghetti. Lots of spaghetti. Uh, it's okay. delicious. And you music. This week. Is there spaghetti and on your sweater already? <laughs> Mom's uh, spaghetti. Uh, spaghetti. <laughs> My knees are weak. I will tell you that. <laughs> Arms a little heavy. <laughs> what about vomit? <laughs> no. I uh, puked before this. Oh, good. Yeah, and then we'll live on forever. <laughs> you got one shot, man. Don't miss your chance to blow. <laughs> and you're giving me shit for the bad jokes, Phil. <laughs> I won't be here all week. <laughs> Cue the Seinfeld baseline. Um, but yeah, other than that, just digging. Really been digging Polyphia and Chon recently. Those are like my those are my big ones. And then and then new Silverstein albums, really really solid. So oh that's yeah. My, uh, that's nice. Uh, I'm trying to think of what media I've been consuming. Well, I was, okay, so actually, uh, my Hold on, wife, is this is this Phil or Caleb? This is or, this is this is me. This is Phil. Okay, Phil. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Um, yeah. So recently, uh, my wife and I. Well, it was her first time, my second time. Uh, we we enjoyed a little mushroom trip. And we just nice. uh, were watching a bunch of music videos, and I am now hooked on this rabbit hole of, like, Lizzo and Halsey. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's great. It, uh, when you really think about their production and how things are written, it's flawless. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fantastic. So uh, I'm not hating on their craft at all. It's just not my kind of music. It's not mine either. Like, I am straight, like... Like I am a brand of sacrifice type person, Whitechapel. Uh, I mean, like old school, Bring Me the Horizon. Like I love super heavy stuff, and this like whole world opened up to me. I was like, oh, there's something here. There's definitely something here. So that's what I've been doing lately. All right. Um, so my new niece is named after Halsey, but her name is Hazley. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I had to put that in there. I I'm actually she's she's a very talented person. I really yeah. like her. Uh, her on that new MGK album is right. Really, that MGK album. I don't care what anyone says. That album slaps. It's so good. <laughs> it is facts. Slaps. It's oh, so good. As soon oh as they God, dropped they it, it right. <laughs> as as soon as they dropped it on vinyl, I ordered it. Like it was like up for like three minutes. I was like, order. I don't care. Uh, super good album. But uh, Eminem for life, dude. Sorry. I mean, I guess. That was a good diss track that he had against MGK. Yeah. You know what? I don't like M- I don't like anything MGK has put out previously. So I would okay. Have- that makes us feel a little better. Okay. That yeah. Makes- yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Tiny. Yeah. I've 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 heard a couple things from him, and I'm like, this is trash. And then I heard the new album, and I was like, yo, what am I listening to? This is the shit Blink 182 never released. Is this? <laughs> so this is his like punk album then? Yeah. Yeah. The pop so punk record. Good. Right. So good. If you have oh, which Travis Barker, Travis Barker produced the entirety of it and played drums on the entirety of it, which okay. was like. Which was like the only, which was like the only saving grace, in my opinion, too. Because, like, l- let's face it, MGK is not a singer. Sorry to talk crap. I'm, he's, but he's, you know, 
Like, he's he's not a singer. He's not a singer, but he's back in the day... Boy. He should just be a model. I mean, and that's fine, but was Tom DeLonge a singer? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> that's why it works. Like, pop punk exactly. have those imperfections. Oh, absolutely can. And then it works. Um, I love how uh, in Blink-182's song, I Miss You, it sounds like he's saying yed instead of head. <laughs> in uh, my yes. Oh, yeah. I saw them live with Tom. Does it. And it's flawless. Inside my yard. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I do a flawless Tom impersonation. <laughs> Pretty fucking well great. Done. Well done. Um, and as far as food, I've been really hooked on uh, flaming hot popcorn. What? Yeah, I don't know. I ran. I don't even like popcorn. I stumbled across it, and I was like, I'll try it. It's fine. I'm addicted. Here we are. <laughs> I've Here. seen them in the gas station. I have not eaten them yet. Oh my god! I highly recommend them. Uh, they're 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 delicious. It it's not like flaming hot Cheetos. Doesn't taste like them at all. It's totally different and it's phenomenal. Okay. Oh my okay. god! I, I mean, I love flaming hot Cheetos. All of. I don't like the flaming hot bunions though. Those are Yo, weird. Those what? are weird. They're weird. Yeah. They damaged Funyuns. No, no, they made Funyuns better. <gasps> How dare you? Funyuns is so good, they've never had a commercial in their entire run. Really? really? Have you ever seen a Funyun commercial? No. I haven't. I haven't, but I want to fact check that, Morgan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's true. Unless they're from the 70s. Commercial. Oh, there is one. <laughs> There is but not in our lifetime. <laughs> it's a funhouse one. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> funions are good, but flaming hot funions take it to a whole nother level. That's the only way I'll eat them. Oh my god, this commercial is hilarious. It's just them in a funhouse eating funions, and it looks like they're on acid. It's from the sixties. Yo, I bet they are on fucking acid. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, oh if you're in Oregon oh, yeah, it's now. From, what sixty nine is it? Yeah, crazy. I think so. Isn't that crazy? crazy? That's the only one. It's how good they are. They don't need no commercials. I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty solid. But if, if there is one brand or type of chips that you could only have for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably Funyuns. Really? Corn, salt, and vinegar. I I think Funyuns. That's my go-to. Funyuns. I think I'm it would. Die-hard Funyun fan. I, I no. can appreciate that. You know what, Morgan? I'm wrong. Not the what? salt and vinegar. The, um, God, what are they called? You'll know the brand. Zaps. Oh, Zaps. Are they the Cajun? The, the, the bourbon the voodoo, street ones? The voodoo ones. Yeah, the voodoo. That's right. Not bourbon All street. Day. It has a picture of bourbon street on it. It does. Y'all sleeping on two underrated ships. Go Number on. Number one, Takis. Number Ooh. two, ah. Talkies Number make my two butt burn. <laughs> is the ruffles Whoa. all dressed. Ruffles. The Canadians got the chip right, dude. Ruffles all dressed. Do not even step. No American ship steps to the all dressed. Okay, well, we had the all dressed. And I live here in Canada. So good. Ruffles all dressed. Um, I, I highly suggest um, there is a company called Snack Crate. Have any of you guys heard of it? Yes. I have at one point had a subscription to it. 
Okay, yeah, so we have a subscription to it, and my favorite box so far has been India. Ooh. Okay. India slaps. So <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> you can uh, use slaps correctly, and that scares me. You know? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, now I'm wondering how old you guys are. Yeah, are you 20? Are you 21? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you married very early. Uh, no, I'm 30. Okay. Oh well, I, Morgan and I are older than you. By a year. Okay. Like, well, well, and Grandma over here is turning 32 in two days. Jeez. Oh yeah, your Thanksgiving birthday. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, shit. Wait, when when is your? So you're the? Is it the 26th is Thanksgiving? Yes, that's my birthday. It means I need to call my sister tomorrow and say happy birthday. <laughs> You're welcome for reminding you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, me feeling like a fetus over here at the age of 25, like. Oh. Oh, you should know how to correctly use slaps. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what? Honestly, I, I didn't say slap until fucking Vegas. I blame I blame him. You should have left it in Vegas. No, 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 no. Vegas is the lead singer. Oh, my God. (laughs) But realistically, though, I should have left it with Vegas. You're right. I should have. I love his use of leap. Like, he he refers to different stuff as leap, which is just, like, short for elite, and I love it. I love it so damn much. Yeah, I – so – so quick little backstory here that that isn't important to this podcast at all. Um, So I – met all the dudes in modern day when I went to go film their music video and spending a weekend with them. I picked up a lot of things that I don't want to say like slaps, but here I am saying slaps and then now I'm in band as well. So, you know, here we are. One weekend of just like, yeah, I didn't want to pick any of this stuff up to just like in a weekend of abuse later. You know what? Hanging out with these guys is okay. I I want to be their guitar player. (laughs) Yeah, basically. One weekend of abuse later. (laughs) <laughs> you know what kills me guys my boyfriend um occasionally says uh that's gucci oh that's cubs that's cubs 100 percent. that's me all day I, I i got my spouse saying it like it's all gucci it's all gucci we gucci no worries you wouldn't catch me dead saying it yeah i'm still saying things like, like that like playing league of legends that kills me Oh, God. <laughs> so funny. I'm, like, back in, like, 2007 speak. I'm, like, bet, word, yeah. Morgan, that is both of us. We're stuck the year we graduated high school. Yeah, I'm just stuck. <laughs> what, fucking stuck. <laughs> what state are you guys from again? We're from Mississippi. Oh, that makes sense. Mississippi. Mississippi. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> so I have a hey, we both live in different states now. Yeah, we got out. We got out. Yeah, we escaped. Oh, wait, so where are you guys at now, then? I live in New York, near Syracuse. Ooh, okay, one at a time. <laughs> My bad. Hey, raise your hand in yeah. Skype chat. <laughs> I live near Syracuse in New York State. Oh, okay. Right on, right on. I live around Richmond, Virginia. Got it. Cool, cool. I was actually just in New York. New York's cool. New York's an interesting place, man. I yeah, love I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's all right. 
What well, part of New York? There's really yeah. great hiking and outdoor uh, stuff where well, I Well, you know what? I wasn't I wasn't in like Syracuse that's what? That's like upstate New York. It's upstate, like mid upstate, yeah. Yeah, I was hanging out in Harlem. Oh uh, yeah, that's a very different area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like I can hike up a mountain and go skiing around. I love I Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the shit. You know, I didn't spend Brooklyn a lot of time in Brooklyn. Well. Oh man, you should go to um meet the Johnsons. When I first went to that bar, um it literally just had a doormat. There was no sign on it and I love it. And it was just love it. meet the Johnsons on the doormat. And I was like, Are we going to someone's house? And I opened <laughs> the door because my friend was like, No, you'll love this place because he, he lives in Brooklyn. And we opened the door, and it's, like, these couches from the 70s, and there was a refrigerator full of PBR, and they were, like, $5, which is really cheap for New York City. So yeah. we Jesus just Christ, played $5 for and, PBR? Yeah, there was, like, was no one in there. Was it a tall boy or 12 ounce? Uh, it was a tall boy. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, That's it was yeah. Uh, shit. Steel. It was back in, yeah, it was, like, 2014, I think, 2015. And then oh, now I, I went back. for that. Yeah, I, I went back last year, um, and I convinced my fiancé and his cousin to go in because they were like, what the fuck is this place? This is somebody's house. <laughs> and we went in because it's like on a main street in Brooklyn, but there's no sign. This time they had a little sign say, welcome to the Johnsons. Or that's it, welcome to the Johnsons, not meet the Johnsons. Um so they were like, is this someone's house? And I was like, no. And they kept making a joke about it being someone's house. But then when we walked inside, it was slam-packed. And I was like, damn, everybody found out about this place. And it was so busy. But we ended up getting a, a good seat because we had our friend in a cardboard cutout of, like, a person, just his face glued to a, car about, a, a cardboard cutout. Oh, I remember cutout. when we did this. Yeah, and we just went around New York with this with his face on a, a cardboard human body. like Yo, I, I got, like, the crazy New York experience last time I was out there. Like, fuck yeah. A, a couple weeks ago. We, uh, so I was with a production team that was filming at the Apollo, and we had to all get COVID tests. So there was a, uh. Yeah, how you like that up your nose? Uh, you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't the like super invasive. It was mildly invasive. So they it wasn't. Didn't do it right. Well, I guess they're <laughs> not like, they're not like jamming it all the way up your nose anymore. It only has to go in like an inch or something like that. Like, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing too bad. So, uh, we were waiting in line for our COVID test and this crackhead runs up to us. Uh, you know the type. And he's like screaming at us about that we're pieces of shit for getting the flu shot because it has dog DNA in it. And that if we don't believe him, look it up because he's done his research. And then we were like, all right, bro, for sure. And then we took two steps forward and I was like, wow, it smells like shit out here. And I turned around and there was shit all over the sidewalk. Oh, was he pooping? No. He no. was the pooper. He was no. the phantom pooper. He might have been the pooper. Somebody shit everywhere. And we were like, Ugh. wow, that person had a really bad time. Oh, that sucks. Uh, Yeah, it was it was interesting. We got threatened to get beat up by a few people. Dang. Uh, yeah. It was just for, we were just trying to go to a deli and pick up some snacks. Wow. wow. Try to beat you up? So, no, so this is like some other random person. Uh, He was very anti-Trump, which is, which is cool. Um... 
uh, anti-Biden, which is also cool, like whatever. And then he said he was going to beat us all up because we were white. And we were like, okay, cool. Good. Good. Yeah. So my buddy that was there was very excited because he was like, this is the New York experience I've always wanted. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I did. I for some reason every time I come to New York it's like I've been I've been welcomed like I usually compliment people on the subway even though I know you're not supposed to do that but I'm like hey girl you look hot like you look good and like yeah love your shoes and people are like thanks and I'm like okay we're having a good time like like I don't know every time That's I go to Oregon New York Southern I'm, hospitality yeah out. I make friends everywhere in friends that I probably shouldn't have and one time. <laughs> Um, I had a homeless man try to give me three dollars because he said I looked more homeless than him. And that that was that was uh, a blow to me. <laughs> that was in my hippie days when I was oh, oh, shitty yeah. shoes that were falling apart and <laughs> he asked me the white for girl money. dreads. N- no, I had very curly, crazy hair though. No, no dreads. Your hair's still very curly. Yeah, super curly. But I wasn't taking showers then. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, no, what year was this our way? Yeah, we were busking our way to New York, so it, we were pretty dirty. Um, this was like 2010, 2011. Yeah, that okay. sounds like a really that cool sounds right. show. Yeah, it was fun. We played like a, um, a art show and stuff, so that was that was cool. We got you said you, you know, played an art show. Are you a musician as well? Um, I did not play. I am a musician. I didn't play. I filmed them. Uh, it was my okay. friend's band from Mississippi that no longer exists. They're called Kid Acrobat. Um, they but were. yeah, they were Kid Acrobat, which all of them have gone off to do their own um stuff, and it's pretty pretty good music. Um, they they've all gone separate ways, but. Uh, New York was really cool, too, because Hubby Jenkins from the uh, Carolina Chocolate Drops, when he was with them, he invited me to this, like, weird bar in Brooklyn, and we had fun that night drinking and jumping fences and shit, so we had a good time. I've never had a bad time. Probably when I was 13 and we got off the D train in the wrong part of town, and I was from Mississippi with all my luggage, and I'm like... 13 and my mom's Bad like mistake. no this is the right way and i'm like well this is not the right way and then some guy's like hey y'all are in the wrong neighborhood give me ten dollars and i'll show you where to go and my mom was like here's 20 come with us <laughs> ah. <laughs> hilarious that was my only bad experience i love new york if anybody from new york's listening welcome me to your house i'll come Stay i with mean you. is that like a serial killer Am I going to get murdered? <laughs> no. I mean, Morgan, I can't give you a place to stay because our couches are all full up. <laughs> hey, I've slept in a bathtub before. I'm completely cool. Well, if you're cool with sleeping in the bathtub, come on yeah. over. What's wrong with the floor? Yeah, the floor of a bathtub. The bathtub's cool, so you can stay cold. Uh, Fair enough. Very well. Um, uh, watch Yeah. Morgan, what have what have you Sorry. eaten and watched, by the way? Um, hmm. I have been watching a lot of the first forty-eight, 
because if I wasn't a nurse, I'd probably be a murder detective. Like, (laughs) homicide detective. detective. A homicide detective? (laughs) Yes, homicide detective. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to investigate this murder. (laughs) Murder. Yeah. I've just gotten really into it, um, like the first 48 and everything, because sometimes we do have, like, you know, people roll in an emergency room, gunshot victims, and I have to work with the uh, police, like, give them information that I know, and then evidence and everything. So there's that, um, I guess, degree of separation between, like, the uh, being a nurse and then working. With police has really got me into, like, you know, the crime division and stuff, talking with them about things and I just have been binging on the first 48 because it is pretty great. Um, it is pretty good. I've watched a lot of it myself. Not recently. Yeah. And I just finished The Queen's Gambit in like 24 hours. Oh, I've heard a- great things about that. Oh, it's so good. So good. It's really good. Um, I'll tell you what I watched this past week. Uh, Mark and I binged it in about two days. Oh, um, I've been eating quiche. That's the food I eat. Ooh, quiche. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been making quiches. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, we binged Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. Oh, that looks so good. It's so good. I highly recommend it. And Raised it by got... Wolves? Is it referencing Romulus and Remus? Yes, it is. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh... It got picked up for a second season, so hop in. It's really good. Super bingy, um, great sci-fi, really good nice. special effects and acting. It's great. What have you been eating? Um, so because I don't have a family member to make it for me, and I wouldn't want Mark to make me something for my birthday, I mean, he's not, look, it's not his fault. He's just not much of a chef. He's a short order cook at best. Oh. Uh, He readily admits that, and it's good. (laughs) As long as he admits it. He admits it. He he is self-described short order cook. Um, I I made myself a key lime pie for my birthday. Oh, Happy birthday. I don't know when your birthday was, but happy birthday. It's Thanksgiving. Thank you. Oh, right. That's right. You said that earlier. I did. Uh, well. Don't sister's birthday. Yeah. Tomorrow. I won't forget my sister's birthday. Oh, that's, Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> um, I also made a really good shepherd's pie for dinner last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say that I also made a ham Ooh, it it came out okay it was my first time (laughs) um like i cooked it for like an hour because it's like you know 350 10 minutes per pound or six minutes per pound or whatever and i took it out and it was like not measuring right and andrew was like just put it in for another hour so i had it in for an hour and i was like another hour um so it was kind of dry but How big was this ham? Uh, I was. It had the bone in because we're going to oh. save the bone for ham soup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know how big it. It was thirteen pounds, I think, because of the bone. Yeah, it was. 
I think I cooked it for too long. So we've been making Thanksgiving because I work all Thanksgiving. So we've been making Thanksgiving meals <laughs> to work up to Thanksgiving so we can experience it for an entire fucking week. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah, COVID. Oh, yeah. Fucking COVID. So guys, Thank you for uh, all you've done, though. Appreciate it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Mo, uh, our everyday hero. Uh, You guys want to roll into your shameless self-promotion? Yeah, Yeah. do it. Of course. Well, Uh, um, Phil, you guys... Well, the the big thing I was going to say is if you haven't seen the music video, uh, Worst Kind of Curse, definitely go watch it. Uh, The guys put a ton of work into that, and it's kind of like a mini short film and a music video. Uh, and it's like really what cool. Michael Jackson used to do. Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's super cool. I uh, it was all shot and edited by me. Uh, check Very it nice. out. Um, to tack on to that too, uh, that is exclusively on our YouTube channel, Modern Day Escape. Um, a lot of we're we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers right now while we're figuring out some stuff to you know get get some uh, claims back to other music videos and stuff so we can get our channel back to the glory that it was. But in the meantime, uh, Modern Day Escape, it has the uh, classic picture of the four boys on there, so you'll be able to see that. But it's just Modern Day Escape at YouTube. And then um, other than that, Vegas has started a uh, started streaming again. Um, he's streaming at Modern Day Escape on Twitch. Uh, our socials are um, modern, uh, official MDE at Instagram and Twitter, and then Modern Day Escape on Facebook. Um, other than that, we just launched our website that has links to, um, all of our socials as well, alongside, um, alongside our merch store, uh, which is storefrontier slash, uh, storefrontier.com slash MDE. Um, other than that, we have new music out on Spotify and all other major streaming platforms. Uh, so check it out. We are going to be releasing a new song here very, very, very soon, uh, just right in time for the holidays. So. Check that out. Stay tuned. And we got a lot of cool stuff coming. Woo! Woo! That's nice. Hey, um, I have a request from my fiancé. Of course. Go on. Um, How do you guys feel about covering Shiver My Timbers from Muppet Treasure Island? Uh... I mean, personally, I I am a fan of any pirate jam, uh, but at the end of the day, who has the band would have to you know take a main say over that. But I'm pretty sure because of the Muppets, we're we're all pretty big fans of you know oh, 80s and 90s. So I mean, I loved Muppet Treasure Island when I was a kid. You've watched it like three times <laughs> in the past I month. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not opposed. Nice. Okay. He just, I was like, anything you want to say to them? <laughs> That's what he said, so. <laughs> uh, you know what, That's man? Maybe. Let's just let's just change modern day's entire genre to, like, pirate metal. <laughs> oh, there yeah. is a market. Just look it at Ailstorm, dude. Yeah, there look is. Look at Ailstorm. Yeah. Pirate metal exists? What? Uh, wait, are, have you been sleeping on Ailstorm for years now? Bruh, Yes. Dude, you gotta check them out. They slapped. They were on Warp Tour a few years back, dude. Their music. <laughs> dude, I slaps. I literally typed in pirate metal and then Ailstorm comes up. 
Yeah, they're enjoy. legit pirate metal. Oh my god, I'm it, so excited. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the rest of your night. Goblin core. Oh, I yes. love Goblin Necrogoblicon, <laughs> dude. Those guys are awesome. Necrogoblicon. Yes. yes. So great. Oh my god. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah, those guys are those guys are killer. I, I like I love I, I love Necrogoblicon. They're they're fantastic. Oh, good. I'm so excited about this. I first discovered them. Um, going into one of those like midnight movie stores, not to get porn, but because they sold <laughs> no, they sold pipes. You had to clarify. Yes. Oh, is it the pipes, porn shop uh, off of I twenty? <laughs> but that's what the uh, the dude working at the counter was playing on his laptop. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't like hardcore like rape porn or anything. <laughs> no, 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 just goblin core. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, Goblin Core. Yeah. Wasn't playing Porno Grind. No, no, no Porno no. Grind. Just straight no. up and down Goblin Metal. No, just straight Goblin Metal. Yeah. And then I had a conversation with them for like ten, ten to fifteen minutes about it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. No, they're awesome. They actually uh, came through when I was living in Idaho, and I was going to go up to Boise and see them, and then, the, and then the roads got snowed out, and I'm like, never mind. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. So where are you guys? Are y'all like close or are you like all spread out in the band? Spread out. I yes. myself and Vegas are like Chicago suburbs. Oh, okay. And then uh everyone else is like in different states. Cubs, where are you from again? Yeah, so Will and I we are in uh we are in Utah in the Salt Lake area. And then um then uh, our our drummer is in Nebraska, so mm. we're yeah we're all over. So we're like either West or Midwest boys. So we're all right. Okay, a lot of casseroles, right? I mean, lots of funeral potatoes. At least where where I'm from, <laughs> mm. funeral potatoes. Uh, so Morgan, um, why don't you tell uh, the audience our socials? Um, not our social security numbers, obviously. It's <laughs> like, oh, no. I mean, um, yeah. guys. mother's yeah. maiden name, uh, the first name of your you first pet. <laughs> and then, uh, then I'll tell everyone, um, what we're doing after this episode, as in the next episode. So, like, my social media account? Well, I'm, the, art. well, what? The show's social media <laughs> accounts. Oh, um, it is. Uh, I know it's <laughs> our name, but I don't want to get the vernacular and the spelling wrong. It's horror. Vs. Horror. Vs. Reality. So horror versus reality on um, the IG. You can catch us on that. Twitter tweeting mm-hmm. like bird actually it's just Anna because I don't tweet um I don't really either but sometimes I tell people on Twitter when we have a new episode <laughs> they, they say we're supposed to do this stuff so, so people like get us and like listen to us and that we'll be able to slap did I do it right close I'll give it to you okay. 
Okay. So uh, we also have a Facebook account, Horror versus Reality. It's VS. Um, and that's V as in Victor and S as in Sally. <laughs> and then we also have a LinkedIn account. No, I'm just kidding. We don't. No, um, but we do have a Patreon that is under construction, but we'll have new stuff up, stuff up in the new year. Yeah, so Anna put me on the spot here because she runs all of our social media accounts. <laughs> um, Morgan, it's all horror versus reality, so I just thought that you would be able to throw that out there pretty quickly. Yeah, I didn't know if there were periods or no periods nah, or dashes, just, no dashes. No dashes. I got lucky and was able to just put that out straight without adding bells and whistles. 69. Yeah, right? No, I didn't have to do any of that. Nobody else had our name. Yay. Nice. We need a Snapchat. Uh, what, what on earth would we snap, Morgan? If you want to do a Snapchat, <laughs> you can run it. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Morgan, if you feel like doing a horror versus reality Snapchat, that's on you. I mean, I'm people can always that. follow my Snapchat because um, I post my entire life on it. So. You do, but do you want people to oh, start maybe stalking not. you? you stay away, stalkers. <laughs> Literally, we've both get been stalked in reality before. Yeah, get out of here. Oh. This isn't stalking versus reality. Yeah. <laughs> just get out. Get out of there. Yeah, um, so I don't have a <laughs> Our next episode will be sometime in mid early to mid-December, I am guessing. We haven't. We haven't ironed out a date with our guests for that episode yet, but we are having another guest on that episode. Hmm? This is the other one. Sorry, we did this one before our other one that we were supposed to do yesterday. The other, other one. Well, yes, Sorry, but the we're not... listeners won't understand time and dates. Well, no, they won't be... They'll be switched, Morgan. People yet. won't... I mean, like, I won't release them in the order that we're recording them. <gasps> oh, so, so we're in the editing past. <laughs> <laughs> living in the past, man. Yeah. So, um, the next episode is going to be with the wonderful couple from Toke Tales podcast, where they just get stoned and talk about creepy stuff. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Yes, they have a cool podcast that you guys should go check out. They're going to be our guests for the next episode. And we're doing Ed Gein versus the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh. Fun. Fuck, that's going to be a hard one. I need to read a lot of books. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It was not done in Texas, I can tell you that. Yeah, I actually have an entire book on 1970s horror and um, the auteurs of that time, like, coming up and whatnot. So uh, I've got some really good, like, juicy behind-the-scenes info on if that. I, if I remember correctly, I think it was Wisconsin that that was based out of. Yeah, uh, Ed Gein. That, that is where Ed Gein's from. He's yeah. from Wisconsin. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm excited for that one, and I'm kind of nervous for that one because that's a heavy, that's a heavy one. That's a long one too. What are we gonna condense it? Um, well, I don't know, Mo. Um, we might just split. Everybody it. knows about Ed Gein if they're into horror. Yeah, I mean, I we might just split it into two parts. And I mean, it's not like he killed a bunch of people or had this really long period, you know? I just have to describe his house. That's a lot. Yeah. Oof. 
nipple belts. belts. A lot of vaginas and boxes there. <laughs> oh. Nipple belts. Yeah, nipple belts. Nipple belts. Vagina boxes. Look, the man likes to great rock. He likes to pop graves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, that's going to be it for us today, everyone. Um, Thanks again to Caleb. Oh, hold on. We should say his nickname. Is it your is it your nickname or is it Cubby? It's it's my nickname. Yeah, it's it's what I prefer to go by is Cubby. Oh, Cubby. Cubby. Sorry. (laughs) That's all good. I'm not mad. I ain't mad. (laughs) He's Gucci. I'm yeah, Gucci. you Gucci. We Gucci. We Gucci. No words. I hope I slaps. Oh my uh, god. Being on, the, being on this podcast slap. This podcast is going to slap for sure. Um, okay, so thank you, Phil. Thank you, Caleb, for coming on the show. Kobe. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're so Kobe. happy to be here. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Well, um, guys, just a reminder um, besides that, uh, up at the top, that was done by my friend Lee, the um, intro music. And you can check out his band, Goner, on Spotify. Sick. Yeah. All right. Um, we're out, guys. Yay. See you later. Later. <laughs>